If we have a state senator out there listening, somebody needs to put a bill to where these car warranty places quit calling. Oh, my God. That's who was calling me. Was a car, two back-to-back car warranty places wanting to know if I wanted my car warranty and my, my Hyundai. What? And then the other one was for my Ford truck, which, by the way, I haven't had the Ford truck for three years now. These, and I get these calls all the time. This needs to stop. That, somebody needs to end that. There you go. That's my little two cents worth today. Uh, 877-867-1670. Okay, we asked the question in the last hour. A couple of different things. All right? There's some quarterbacks making their first appearance in the postseason. The rookie quarterbacks in the postseason. Rookies to the postseason. Who is, who's got that right stuff? Kurt Warner did it. Tom Brady did it. But for the most part, most quarterbacks, for their first effort into the postseason, you don't go winning a Super Bowl. But who's got that right stuff? Remember, Kurt Warner, Tom Brady, both. Hall of Famers. Who's got that ability? Who's got that ability? Okay. And then for Packers fans, what would be more satisfying on the road to a Super Bowl? Beating Tom Brady or beating Mike McCarthy? Which, by the way, I know the why did not take as I hit enter. For uh, for Mike McCarthy, but it's Mike McCarthy. You get you you understand who it is. So don't be uh, don't be one of those those people. Uh, right now, eighty percent of you say Tom Brady beating Tom Brady. Thirty votes in. Cast over there on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, hit us up at Bill underscore Michaels. Follow over there at Bill underscore Michaels if you're on Twitter. Appreciate that. Uh, Ryan says, uh, by far beating Brady, he's the best. He came in here and beat us last year. If you're going to be the best, you have to beat the best. I agree. You, I, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's just, what is your preference? As a fan base, what is your preference? Uh, Jakob, Y-A-K-A-B, Jakob says, uh, beating Mike McCarthy, there's no way I could live with myself if the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy came into Lambeau Field and knocked us off. Oh, the devastation. Jakob, thank you. Jakob, by the way, listening to us in Glasgow, Scotland. He says, thank God you have the podcast up. Catch it on Spotify. Spotify, iTunes. You can follow us on uh, the Odyssey app. And listen to the show if you uh, just search Bill Michaels and you can go to WOZN, The Zone, out in Madison. Uh, on Monday, we'll be on the iHeart app as well. We're, we're everywhere. Uh, we're not on the Odyssey app anymore? Ben? Not, as in, not on the Odyssey app anymore? Okay. I didn't know. See, I don't stay up on this stuff. They just tell me where we're at. Not on the Odyssey app. The Zone app we have. We have the Zone. You can download the Zone app, too, which is our flagship station out of Madison. But the podcasts, they're everywhere. Uh, This is from uh, Hannah, who says uh, it's got to be beating Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's a highly successful football coach. (laughs) 
Uh, Tom says it has to be beating Brady. As much as I dislike Mike McCarthy, uh, Tom Brady is the best of all time. If you want to be the best, you got to be the best. Okay. What, let me ask you this, Tom, and, and I'll just put out the general question. Is, why is there a dislike for Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy did a lot for that franchise, did a lot for this fan base. You know? McCarthy never really did anything to the Packers. But, I mean, I understand. You know, it's the coach that a lot of people, a lot of fans, wanted Mike out. It was time. Get rid of Mike. You know, it was time to choose between Aaron and Mike. Mike McCarthy's offense was terrible, and there was a lot of people complaining about it by the time uh, that, that firing happened. You know, I remember I remember sitting over at Hinterland doing the postgame show, and it was an ugly game. We, we left early. Gary Ellerson and I was, were doing the postgame show, and we left early. And it was because midway through the third quarter, you could see it was just ugly. It, it, they weren't going to win that game. So... We left early and went over to Hinterland and we're sitting there. And some people were coming in saying, you know, McCarthy had to go. And, and Gary and I were talking to people saying, you know, look, this is it. What we just witnessed, yeah, this is it. Uh, they're going to wait probably till the end of the season and they're going to make the decision because this, this is just, you just can't have this anymore. And then obviously that word came out not even a, an hour later that Mike McCarthy had been fired. Um, but Mike McCarthy didn't do anything to to the fan base. He did. He wasn't like he walked out, you know, the uh, of Lambeau Field the way Holmgren did with the middle finger in the air. Mike just said he loved his time in Green Bay. He appreciated it. his family stayed here. He stayed in Green Bay. He never moved. You know, he never moved, and uh, and and loves it. You know, loves the city, loves the town, loves the people. So he never really did anything to Green Bay. It's just I think there would be an anxiety because you want to prove that you made the right move, you know, that you, you know, he needed to go. He, he was the problem. And then if he comes in here with that team and beats you, then there's an anxiety there. I get it. Uh Craig says, uh, I think the dislike was the way Rodgers and the other Packers portrayed him in his last years. That's true. That narrative was dictated by Rodgers and the rumblings from within. I remember I was doing the uh, doing the the what was the sh the name of the show? I can't remember what the hell the name of the show was. But I did it with Packer players from Lodge Kohler. The Lodge Kohler kickoff. Thank you very much. The Lodge Kohler kickoff. Uh, we did the Lodge Kohler kickoff uh, every week. And one of the guys that was on the show came in and told me, I, I think he said it off the air. but I. Uh, so that's the reason I'm going to keep his name out of it. But But said, you know, hey, in the huddle, it was like we didn't know what to do. The play would be called in, and Rodgers would go, F that, we're not running it. And then would run his own play. And then when, you know, you would come out of the game, they're like, what the hell? You know, coaches are saying, no, when we call this, this is what you're running. And, and the guy's like, we're stuck. 
between Rodgers and what he wants to run and, and what the coaches want to run, we just we got to follow what you know what 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 we're doing. So you know, and you see a lot of the same tendencies in in in, in Dallas. Um, the, there's an argument in Dallas that they got a hell of a run game and they got a really good offensive line. And Mike McCarthy and that that offensive staff, they are all about having Dak throw the football. Same thing that we saw a lot of here in Green Bay, where it became frustrating. Now it's much much more balanced. Much much more balanced. More creativeness, more motion, more movement, play action. It's just different. And I would agree with that. But both places have benefited. Cowboys have benefited. Green Bay's benefited. So it is what it is. So who would you like to uh, see the Packers beat on the road to a Super Bowl? Uh, 77% of you say Tom Brady. Uh, Don says, by far, beating Brady after last year, the NFC Championship game loss is nothing less than sweet revenge. McCarthy didn't do anything to us, and I don't believe he's really a threat to Green Bay. Uh, this one's from Jacob who said the only thing Mike McCarthy ever did here was win. Um, and then Leroy says, uh, the only thing McCarthy did was hang on to his assistant coaches way too long. There you go. 877-867-1670. Simon asks the question, uh, out of all the teams that could possibly come to Green Bay, which one do you not want to face? What th- we've talked about this now. Here's the, here's. I can sit here and say there's a couple of teams. I think the Rams defensively can get to Aaron Rodgers. I think they're a good football team. I think if the Cardinals having DeAndre, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins back um, and J.J. Watt is coming back, don't forget. Don't forget about that. He's He wants to come back. So having that team getting back towards full strength. Uh, the Buccaneers getting Leonard Fournette back. I mean, you can, we can talk about all of this. I think... Right now, um, because of the experience in Brady, I think Brady probably poses the biggest threat. But legitimately, I think the best team, top to bottom, talent-wise, I think it's the Cowboys. I think when you look at the weapons they have, I'm talking running game, I'm talking wideouts, the fact that they've got Parsons in the middle, they've got a staunch defense, uh, all of that. And and Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I think the only thing, I think that would be a hell of a game. That's one team that if they hit their stride, if they ever really figure it out, that's a dangerous football team. They just choke on themselves every now and then. But remember, and I've said this time and again, Mike McCarthy's best coaching has come in the postseason. I know people don't want to believe that because look what happened in 2014. But none of that, other than the fact on two straight series in the third quarter in that game, Mike McCarthy took his foot off the gas as a play caller, thinking they had the game wrapped up against the Seahawks. Everything else was out of his control. Julius Peppers out of his control. Micah Hyde out of his control. Bostic out of his control. Clay Matthews out of his control. All of that was out of his control. All those other mistakes, but the play calling of the run, run, run in the third quarter – that he had control of. That was the one thing I think he learned from. And even that didn't cost him the game. It, it shifted momentum, but that did not cost him the game. But Mike McCarthy has done a fantastic job of getting his team ready for postseason games. He's a really good coach in that regard. 
877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Oh, you hung up. Sorry about that, Jack. Sorry about that. But uh, but that but I I think the Cowboys are the, probably the top to bottom more complete team. I think the Rams are really good. I just don't believe in Stafford. I think Stafford is even probably a tick below Dak Prescott. I think the Cardinals are good. I don't I don't know if Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are really ready to fly. I think they got another year. You got to go through this process, get bounced, and go back to the drawing board and start over and kind of look at things and say, okay, what are we ready to do? You've got that. You've got that fire in your belly, you know. Uh, I don't believe the Eagles are going to be able to get past the Buccaneers, but hey, I, I still think that it it could end up being a hell of a game with two teams that are very staunch in the trenches. But the Buccaneers, obviously, they have the goat. Don't think the 49ers. 49ers, their defensive front, boy, they can put pressure all. They can bring it from everywhere. But I just don't think they're offensively good enough to be able to keep up with what the Packers can do. So if I had to pick a team that probably I would say number one would be the Cowboys, number two, well, number one would be the Buccaneers, two big Cowboys, three of the Rams, four of the Cardinals, 49ers, and then Eagles. 877-867-1670. Hang in there. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Our good buddy Mike Clemens brought you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for a family stay. And the Bay Family Restaurant features homestyle cooking seven days a week. Thanks to the Bay Motel, Green Bay, and uh, Green Bay right there on South Military Avenue. Uh, they've been a big sponsor in a lot of our coverage uh, of the Green Bay Packers all season long. They're great people up there. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. Tell them Mike sent you. Tell them Mike Clemens sent you. They're good people over there. Also, thanks to our friends at Cunis RV. Uh, I We will not be out in the big unit cruiser until it gets warmer. I'll tell you that right now. But once we do, we say thanks to our friends at Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. They're your travel and camping experts. And if you're in the market for a motorhome, for a fifth wheel, camper van, tra- travel trailer, uh, they got you covered for whatever it needs. Uh, Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Catalina. you got a lot of the shows that are starting to come up, too. There's a lot of show deals that are going on right now with some of the 21s. And the, tw- the 21s are finally starting to come in. And it's already 22 season. So the 22s are here as well. So stop into any one of their stores all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and uh, northern Illinois as well. That's Cunis RV right now. Take advantage of all of their great deals, their APR, low APR financing. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. They're offering top dollar for trade-ins as well. So don't forget about that. Thanks to our friends at Cunis RV. Um, this was a, a question um, that I wanted to answer real quick. And, and Terry says, Bill, so who do players actually listen to then? Rogers or the coach? Please finish. R- now it's the, it's, it's the coach. I mean, Rodgers is the guy that's calling the plays in the huddle. But the working relationship between uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers is so strong. So strong. I, I, there is an, there's a dynamic there um, that 
I don't know if Rodgers has ever had, but there's a lot of respect. I think what happened was, and I, I might be speaking out of school, I think what happened was down the stretch, um, there had just been issues. And this goes back to how Rodgers felt about his value, his voice in that locker room. I think there was a lot of that where Rodgers felt disrespected or felt as if his input wasn't being carried. Um, and some of the things that y- you knew weren't going to work were being called, and Rodgers, I-, I-, I don't know the breakdown. Uh, after reading that Bleacher Report article, obviously, I mean, it-, it gave us a lot of insight. I don't know the specific breakdown. But I do know that there was a loss of, I, I don't know if saying losing respect, but maybe a lo- loss of confidence in what was brought to the table by Mike McCarthy through Aaron Rodgers. And therefore, it became easier to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. You know, if, if it just wasn't something that they were comfortable with in the huddle, they weren't going to do it. So, but I, I don't want to speak too ill of what went on because I don't know the inner details and that's fair. So, um, Robin says the Bucks chiefs would be, uh, likely to beat the outside outsiders could say not a legitimate Super Bowl win, uh, take out the luck factor. They would, uh, like to claim. Uh, Okay. Uh, Dennis says, I worry that Barry's schemes with soft prevent coverages, elite quarterbacks will move the chains and pick us apart, especially with a solid offensive line. Well, okay, but now word is that Whitney Merciless is back in practicing. Zedarius is back in practicing. Jair is back in practicing. You have Joe Barry has to feel. Now, if, if Merciless can come back and the bicep is, because that was what he tore was a bicep muscle. So if he's got the harness and the bicep muscle is okay and it's healed and he's lifting and he's strong, okay, then he's good. And he's got his legs under him and he's got his back and his abs and his core and everything. He's intact. Whitney Merciless can be an asset. I'm not saying he's going to come in and light the world on fire. I'm saying he can be a depth guy. He can give you a different look. Zedarius, if the back is good and he's got that upper body leverage strength, that can be a huge asset. They can, Joe Barry will almost have to go back to the beginning of the season with what he thought he had and say, I've got all these tools, all these weapons now available. He's going to have, Joe Barry, while getting all these guys back is a wonderful thing, he's got to go back now and figure things out. When can I use this guy? When can I use that guy? What's the best scenario to put him in? You know, because now it's almost like you've got so many weapons, you don't know what, you know, think of it this way, okay? If you're in in the weapon category, if you're a a gun collector, all right, and you've got this rifle and this handgun and you got a three fifty seven revolver, but yet you've got a Sig Sauer 9mm and then you've got this assault weapon and and you've got all these, so which one do you want to pull out and use, you know, and at what time? That's Joe Barry trying to figure out which, which weapon he wants to use when and where. And he's got to go back to figuring this out. It's almost like you have so much available at your fingertips. Sometimes you've got to figure out how to use it right. That's going to be Joe Barry. 
Uh, let's go back to the uh, the phone line. So let's talk to Joe listening to us on WOSQ up there in Marshfield. Joe, how are you doing today, man? A little bit of a cold, but other than that, fine. Uh, I got three, th- a couple of things. Number number one, uh, I would say Mike McCarthy. I'm old school Dallas Cowboys, anti-Dallas Dallas Cowboys from the Ice Bowl game, and I just can't see him going to Dallas. Uh, number two, for robocalls, I don't answer the phone. I, I give my phone number out. I say, let it ring and leave a message. I'll call you back. So mm-hmm. if, they, if they're important enough, I call it back. If not, I just let it ring. There you go. Number, th- number three, I've got the forecast for uh, the Packers opening playoff game. For Sunday, it's supposed to be six degrees for high, 11 below for low, and 11 mile per hour wind. That's a little nippy. A little bit nippy. It'll yeah, that's going to be a little bit nippy. Win- It'll be below zero wind chill. That'll be one of the colder games ever to be played at uh, Lambeau Field, without a doubt. Well, this is the, this is Marshfield, but it'll be a couple degrees warmer in Green Bay, but it won't be it won't be balmy. Yeah, it, it, no, it's not going to be uh, you know thirty two degrees with no wind and some sunshine. That's for no, damn sure. No, I, I know I, that. Any, any, so on that effect, anybody coming to Green Bay is going to be hard to beat Green Bay. Yeah, they're going to take a big gasp when they get off the plane. That's for damn sure. Yep. They're going to that that, that holy blank factor is going to hit them. You bet. Yep, you the man. Appreciate it, Joe. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening in WOSQ. Love that affiliate up there. We have not been to Marshfield. Not recently. Haven't uh, been to Marshfield since we did the show at Nuts Deep 2. Years and years and years and years and years ago. Got to get back. Years and years and years ago. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Let's get back at it. Terry from the north side of Madison. He's on hold. How you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. How you doing? I'm great today. What are you thinking? Good. Hey, I'm just curious. I love dogs, and I always like to ask about your dog. Where's your dog right now? Uh, Elmo passed away last week. <laughs> I got the laziest little fat pug, I think, in America. Yeah, no. uh, that that was both dogs have now passed, and uh, as a matter of fact, I get to pick Elmo's remains up today. So, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. You know, I end up with this as far as dog talk, Bill. But we got a neighbor, and I ain't kidding you. He's got like a little little toy, whatever you want to call it, and she takes him for a walk in a stroller every day around the block. It almost amazes me <laughs> what people will do yep. with their dog. So right. two questions. Yeah, and I've always wanted to ask you this. I'm going to ask it now. We all remember when Brett Fire was playing his games, his so-called games, blah, blah, this and that, we'd never retire. And no one was closer in that situation, I believe, than you were as far as the media goes. Would you agree or not, Brett Fire retired the first time, if you go back, when the Oakland Raiders traded Randy Moss to the Patriots on the second day of the draft. Mm-hmm. And Brett Fire retired that Monday. Did Brett Fire retire because Ted Thompson did not pick or trade for Randy Moss. Both have the same age in Buzz Cook. Yeah. And that's when, um, that's when Favre started playing his games. Well, what happened was, and and this is just you know what I have heard when I talked to Brett personally, was Brett was pissed, and he kind of wanted to do the I'm taking my ball and going home thing, and then thought about it and wasn't quite sure, and Ted Thompson wanted an answer. And Brett didn't want to be pushed. 
Brett felt that he had earned enough cachet to kind of make his own decision when he wanted to make it. And Ted wanted to know what was going, because they had some decisions to make. And so Brett said, well, if you're going to push me today, then to hell with it. I'm done. And Ted said, okay, thank you very much. And then sent the locker down there. And then that, that's what started all of this. And then Brett realized, holy crap, I just kind of bit off my nose despite my face. And he wanted to come back. And by then Ted said, no, you can't come back. Because that's, so that's, that's what Ted wanted. Ted wanted Brett to retire. Sure. And so you believe Randy Moss really had nothing to do with nothing in that situation? I think it pissed, I think it pissed Brett off, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. Brett had gone to bus, Brett had gone to Ted. Brett, I mean, Brett and Ted had had a falling out prior to that that was uh, somewhat public in front of the team some, some years prior to that. But, um, but that was something, yeah, it pissed him off. I, I necessarily think it was the the main factor but i think it was just one of those other things that begins to level on frustration and it starts to build up to where you just say to hell with it and i think that's what brett did because he felt that he had had more cachet and should have had more what in his mind more respect so to speak and then ted said we'll make a decision and brett said if you're going to push me so this is what happened but okay uh, but i think i think it had something to do with it yeah i I do want to do that answer because i know there's nobody that I, I respect more than you when it comes to your opinion and facts. Uh, I've always been a, um, I want to say, uh, I, I don't believe the Wisconsin sports media a lot. We have too many homers in the state. Second question for you, Bill, is this. And I'll sure. get, get out of here. You mentioned about the, the plays coming into the huddle yes. between the coach and Rogers. And I believe you didn't finish. And, and if I did, I, you didn't say, ask me, I want to ask this. In the huddle, who do the players listen to, the coach or Rogers? Rogers. Rogers. Well, Rogers gets the call in his ear. Rogers gets the call in his ear. But say you're Devontae Adams or you're Marquez Valdez Scanling, you're standing next to the head coach or the play caller. You're standing there on the sidelines as they bring in different personnel packages. So you know what the play is coming in. You know, when you get to the huddle, you know they're calling for a particular personnel package, so you're a part of this. And then when Aaron gets it and it's not what you believe it's supposed to be, you're kinda of like, What what the hell? you know? So and is then that one of those what the hell did you do? Nice play? Um, you know, it, it's, if you're doing it because Aaron Rodgers has that power and that ability, and it's already been something that's been pre-planned and you've gone through it in meetings and you understand it behind closed doors. Yeah, it's no big deal. But if you come to the sideline and the coach is going, why in the hell did you guys run that? And you're looking at the coach going, cause that's what Aaron called. I, I didn't, I thought it was goofy, but it, that's what Aaron called. They're like, well, no, we called this. And then it kind of makes you feel like you're put in the middle between Aaron Rodgers and the sure. coach. And that's where some of the younger guys felt at the time was they, they follow Aaron because Aaron's the play caller and they have to run what he's expecting on the field. But it could become contentious between the coaching staff or between Mike McCarthy, the play caller, and the quarterback, and everybody else is kind of put in the middle of it. It's kind of like watching you know, like two friends argue with all the other friends around them and you've got that awkward moment. You don't know if you should jump in and break it up or you should just walk away and go, just let them have their argument, but let's get out of here because we don't want to be a part of this. Bill, would you say Aaron Rodgers now has more power in the Packers than he's ever had as far as yes. maybe getting more control? Yes. I don't think it's more control. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of a voice to say, hey, I matter. Some of the things that I think and I believe and some of the things that I feel will and will not work, we're, we're being listened to. I mean, it, you know, he feels like he's got a voice. Appreciate the phone call. I got to run here. He feels like he has a legitimate voice inside that team, which is all he wanted because, uh, you know, look, the guy is an unbelievably smart and intelligent and matrix esque style football player. You can't ignore that. 
And there's certain things that he knows he can make work. He just says, get this for me and I can produce. And just like with Randall Cobb, you know, Randall Cobb came in the first week, didn't even get a target. You're like, what the hell did they bring this guy back for? And then you see certain games in which Cobb just fits and Rodgers says, this is why we brought him back. Because in this particular game, in this particular situation, this would work and this would I, this is what I saw. And that's the reason he feels like now he's got a voice, which is good. It's It's... Like any terrific employee in any company, if you've got the best salesperson or the best carpenter or the best, you know, plumber or the best accountant, whatever it happens to be, you you listen to those people. They are they're they're knowledgeable, they're experienced, they can help you out. And they make managers and, and CEOs and all that, they make them better. That's that's what you do. Uh let's do this. We're gonna step away, we're gonna take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you on board. Phil Michael show today and uh, enjoying the day. Uh, phone lines wide open, 877-867-1670. Tim uh, just hung up. So, Tim, we were going to come to you. And uh, and sorry about, uh, the, about the wait through the commercial break. 877-867-1670. Uh, a lot of talk today about just a lot of different stuff, which is good. A lot of different stuff. Um, again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 Uh, by the way, the, um, the forecast, and, and I know people are talking about this, the forecast for the game, um, coming up a week from Sunday, it's, it's pretty far out. I'm not, you know, I'm not overly concerned about it just yet. It, it's going to be cold. Look, there's, uh, I was sitting here during the break and, uh, on the four letter network, I'm watching Dan Orlovsky. And he uh, is with Sage Steele. By the way, when you talk about women in sports, okay, and I know people don't get on this topic very often, but Sage Steele is just flat out one of the best. Just flat out one of the best, without a doubt. Uh, But he was talking, Orlowski was talking about when he played with the Lions and they came in to Lambeau Field. It was 10 degrees below zero and trying to describe what it's like to play when you get off the plane in, in Green Bay. And he said, you know, even though we, meaning he and the Lions, were a, a cold weather, cold weather team, he said, when you get off that plane, there's just something different. When you just look down as you're landing in Green Bay and you see just this barren white land that you know, it just, it's cold before you even land. And when you get off the plane and you go... And you can feel it. You, you can feel it engulf your lungs and grip you. There's something mentally to it. And I would agree. I would 100% agree. I've been told that a couple of different times uh, by teams that have come into Lambeau Field. You get a chance to talk to the broadcasters and such. And uh, I've, uh, a couple of different times, have talked to, talked to people, whether it's broadcasters, front office people, whatever. They say, man, how do you, how do, you do this? You know, it, it's in, even in, like when New York came, and they beat the Packers with Eli Manning when New York came. And the, uh, the, the broadcast team, um, 
the broadcast team came to uh, to Lambeau Field, uh, and you've got um, there there are people coming in and they're setting up and they're like, how how do you do this? How, how do you how do you how do you guys live in this? You know, and it's like, well, it's not that much colder, you know, when you got Bob Papa, who's coming over to do the play by play, and he's in this infamous voice that's been around forever, and they, they he lives in New York. And New York gets winds whipping through Manhattan and down the canyons and such. Um, they felt it in the Meadowlands. But when they get off the plane, they go, how, how do you deal with this? You know, then you know you've got some type of an advantage uh, just mentally coming into the game. Now, once the pads start flying and the guys are standing in front of heaters and such, you know, I, who knows how guys handle it. But there is a mental advantage to the weather uh, in Green Bay. It's just how you handle it as opposed to letting – because I'll tell you this, when you get uh, – and, and and Ryan Pickett told me this years ago. He said, when you get up on a team by a couple of scores and you're third quarter and you start to see that glimmer of we've got this game, he said, and it's cold weather, team, he said, you can see teams collapse. You can watch them go into a shell. You can't give them a reason to get back into it. You got to keep the hammer down. But he said, you can watch them. You can physically see them begin to weaken. And he got really descriptive about it. It was, it was an incredible conversation that I had at the time. But he said, you can physically see teams begin to deteriorate. Because of that. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, Rick says, Cobb may not catch a lot of passes, but he's still clutch player. He's not only clutch in the sense of just being there when Aaron Rodgers has a play breakdown and he's the scramble guy. I've always said he's a really good scramble guy because he knows where to be. Him and Devontae know where to be when things begin to break down and Aaron is, has got that extra second or two that he creates with his feet to get out of harm's way to be able to get somebody into a position that, that they're open, they're on the same page. But where Randall Cobb, in my opinion, is is more vital is in that receiver room working with guys in the slot. Devontae's Devontae. He's on the outside. Everybody wants to aspire to be him, get downfield, run a route, the crisp route, and all that kind of stuff. That, that's one thing. But the, the slot, a guy like Amari Rogers, a guy like Equinemia St. Brown, those guys, he's valuable to them. Alan Lazard, he's valuable to them. And the way he goes about his business and helps them. That's where I also think he's valuable. Like Woodson, when Woodson came here, Woodson was still really, really good, obviously. But what Woodson did was teach guys in that secondary how to study, what to look for. He worked with them. That's what Randall Cobb, I think, does, passes that on to the guys that are around him. That's why I also think he's he's vital. Um, Brett says, can you use the old Capers NASCAR package and put all four out there as pass rushers? When you talk about all four, you're talking about what? Uh, Zedarius? Preston, Rashawn Gary, and who? Uh, Whitney Merciless? Are you talking Merciless as well? Uh, you could run a NASCAR package. Sure, you could do that. I mean, again, it goes back to how many weapons the Packers will have. 
you know, if I'm Joe Barry, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on the guys that I have right now that I know can play, that I know are ready to go. Because until they tell me Z can come back, until they tell me Merciless is ready, until they tell me Jair is definitely on the field, I got to concentrate on what I know I have. After that, you can start making some decisions. You got to look over that fence. But you, you got, you know, until you have all those weapons at hand, I don't start game planning with those guys until I know they're there. So I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily going to do that. Step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding another walkthrough practice during their bye week in Green Bay. Several players back on the practice field coming off injuries. Jair Alexander, Randall Cobb, and even linebacker Zadarius Smith. But receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling did not practice after suffering a back injury Sunday against the Lions in Detroit. And center and guard Lucas Patrick has been added to the team's COVID-19 reserve list. Matt LaFleur. You know what you're going to get with Lucas. He's going to go out there and compete to the best of his ability on every snap. He never takes a playoff. He is everything that we want from a player within this organization, within our team. And he just brings just so much juice to our offense. We got a chance to talk to rookie center Josh Myers, who started against the Lions. Myers back after missing 10 weeks. We asked him what caused the knee injury that sidelined him on the opening drive in the Bears game in Chicago back in October. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not totally sure I'm going to release exactly what happened yet with the knee. Uh, I might wait until later for that. But the good news is I felt great during Detroit. I was moving really well, uh, and I was able to get that first half in and, and felt pretty good. Aaron Rodgers was at practice and afterwards was asked, what are his plans for the rest of this bye week? Rest. Rest. I mean, uh, I'm about to go home. It's pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy this rest. Uh, I still, like I'm sure many people, hopefully it's not just me. I mean, I still got semi-messy house post, you know, Christmas and New Year's. And um, it's the end of the season, so you don't have time for that. So I'm going to clean my house. I'm going to rest. I'm going to read some books. And I'm going to relax. That's what I'm getting out of this week. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. We're looking. Bill Michaels Show. Plenty of ways to get the program. Follow us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. Facebook, over on the Facebook fan page, The Bill Michaels Show. YouTube. You can subscribe for free and watch the show if you choose to do so. Simply go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Bill Michaels Show. Uh, You can follow us on Twitch. And then all the different ways over on the podcast now. There's Spotify, there's iTunes, there's Google. Everything is at thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com. You can find all the apps and everything right there uh, for the zone out in Madison as well. Our flagship station. So good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Going to talk to Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus coming up next. We're going to talk with him uh, about 
Uh, well, just the postseason in general, but we'll get into many different aspects of uh, the Super Wild Card Weekend, the Green Bay Packers and such. Uh, the excitement is that uh, just about everybody's back, short of Marcos Valdez-Scantling and Shannon Sullivan. Uh, but everybody else is back in the practice field. And I'm talking to everybody. They're, Whitney Merciless is back. They're empty in the damn the IR list. Uh, short of Elton Jenkins and Bobby Tunyon, everybody's back. Uh, Tom says, not disagreeing with you about the weather advantage, but where is the evidence? Falcons and Vic in 2002 in the snow, Giants championship game, Vikings and Moss in the playoff game, 49ers in 2014, Brady last year, home record in playoffs, January 7 and 6, right? Uh, correct. Correct. Uh, prior to Michael Vick, the uh, Packers had not been beaten at Lambeau Field in that uh, you know infamous temperature of, what was it, 33, 34 degrees, something like that, anything below that. Uh, I agree with you, Tom. Look, there is an advantage to it, preferably. Uh, and I know this is this this was a uh, where was it? Mina Kimes. Uh, she is over on Twitter, and uh, Mina is. Uh, well, I just lost it. Just lost it. Uh, Mina's over on Twitter. She uh, had written. She follows the uh, Buffalo Bills, and she said uh, craziest sports takes. And one of her sports takes was uh, that Josh Allen would be better if he played for a dome team. Now, I know that's like sacrilege, okay, to say that you would put, want to put a dome in Buffalo. But the Packers, with Rodgers, traditionally has, have played really well. They feel like they're faster uh, uh, in domes. Now, they're never going to put a dome on Lambeau Field, nor should they. Uh, but... You know, when you talk about if you'd rather play in a dome on the road or in the cold at home, I know they want to bring people through at Lambeau Field and play in the cold at home. But you you got to play well at home. And let's be honest, the uh, Plaxico Burris killed them. They, it took them way too long to make an adjustment to put somebody over on Plaxico Burris. Uh, Favre's last game at Lambeau Field, he looked like he just didn't want to be there. The cold d just destroyed him. Remember the last game we saw Brett Favre ever play was at TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis after the uh, the dome had collapsed because of the snow, remember? And then they played at TCF Bank Stadium, and he got hit. I can't remember who it was that hit him, but he got hit. He was curled up in the fetal position on that rock-hard turf looking like he was he couldn't wait to get out of there. He was like, put me on the cart and get me out of here. Put me on the cart and get me out of here. He just wanted to get out of there. So as you get older as a player, the cold takes its toll. No doubt about it. The cold, it, it just, it's, it's just a little harder every year to take. You get used, you're used to it, but it's a little harder every year as an older player to take. I mean, guys will tell you that. Um, Scott says, uh, playing in the cold or playing in the warm, it doesn't matter as long as you have a better team. Better coach team, better better personnel. Yeah, you can have equal personnel and just have a better game plan. But again, there there's there, there's always four things that take place that have got to fall into place for you to be successful. You got to be good it, just to get to the postseason. You got to be good. You got to be good enough to get there. Okay. You got to be lucky. You got to have a few things bounce your way. Right. It's an oblong football. 
It bounces in weird directions. Sometimes on a fumble, if it bounces back up to the same guy, they get a shot, they get another uh, crack at you to live another day. Or maybe it bounces in your direction, you come up with it, you, you convert it into points, and that's the, that's the tide turning in a ball game. Okay, you got to be healthy, and you got to be hot. All of those things have to happen at the end of a season for you to have success. And in health, right now, seems to be coming back to the Green Bay Packers. They're not real hot right now. They were a good team all season long. But that last game against Detroit, you kind of hope that's the snap out of it. That was the wake-up game.